1: Hi, datables! Welcome to another episode of the Datable Podcast. If you are new to our podcast, if you're looking for dating stories, dating advice, just sharing in the dating journey, uh, you're in the right place. So good. But <laughs> you if you're made looking, <laughs> if you're looking for, I don't know, economic data, I don't, I don't like. I don't even know what what that. Podcast will look like hey,
0: you never know. You never know. There's a there's a lot of supply and demand that goes into dating, right? There is.
1: And we are <laughs> in a love recession. And a sex recession. So,
0: in a real recession. In a real too. recession. You
1: so, uh, you're in the right place either way, whether you're looking for data or for dating. You get
0: all your life advice here. It's good to go.
1: Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll tell you where to invest your time in terms of dating. Yes, exactly. Right.
0: And invest in yourself is what, what we're going to talk about today. You know, I'm really excited that we're doing this topic. We did a cross collab. It's always fun mm-hmm. when we do cross collabs with other podcasts. So we did one with Confident Collective Podcast. So we were on their podcast a couple weeks ago. We talked about, you know, modern dating because, of course, yep. that's what we're going to talk about. But it was a really great episode. I feel like they had some really interesting takes rayanne so there's the confident collective is made of two of them rayanne she is actively dating and then Mm -hmm. christina who is married so it was a really good perspective i think obviously on our episode having them but also for us on theirs because they both related to the modern dating scene in very different ways so yeah definitely want to drop that for people to check out too but we're so excited to have them on our show this week
1: and we'll link it as well. You know, we always link these collabs. And what's so fascinating about Christina and Rayanne is that they met because they're both curve models. And mm-hmm. curve models are, I, I didn't even know there was a new industry term, basically plus size models. Obviously, as anybody, like even if you've never been in the modeling industry, you can probably assume <laughs> what it could do to your confidence and to your self worth. Yes. So I'm so happy that they're able to share their journey through self confidence. And we can definitely learn from them because that industry is fucking brutal.
0: Yes, you know, as someone that works in fitness, I've heard your stories. (laughs) It's brutal.
1: (laughs) It's brutal. Yeah. And just like you, it just shows you that there is no one form of beauty but no. the industry makes you conform to this one yeah. size, this one look. So finding your own individual voice in this industry is very tough.
0: Yeah. I think it's interesting. So we, we talk about confidence. We've had a lot of episodes on confidence. And, you know, yeah. I would say this episode is more of a form of quiet confidence than what you think of when you think of confidence. Like we're not going to, yes. this episode is not about affirmations in the mirror. This episode is not even about looking your Best. Like we really don't actually talk yeah. about that at all. It's about holding your own value and putting yourself first. And I know I struggle with this a lot in dating, like a lot. And I think you know, women too are just like positioned through all the bad dating advice to kind of think that like men have the power, which is ironic because I know men actually feel the they other feel, way and head dating. Yeah, they feel dating. the same way, it's, but about
1: women. Yes. Yeah. Exactly.
0: And but I think there's something there that a lot of us feel like we need to like bend our schedules to make dating work. And, you know, every last opportunity is going to be make it or break it as this could be our soulmate. I think a lot of times we forget that the most important person at the end of the day is still ourselves. And I'm not and I think we struggle, too. I've struggled with, like, does it make me selfish if I want to cancel these plans? Or does it make it me selfish? Like, maybe I should give them another opportunity. Maybe they messed up. Maybe, like, this or this. Like, I was the queen of excuses for so many years that yeah. I just kept giving people a second and third and fourth and fifth chance. And then, like, finally realized, actually, it's a lot freaking easier to meet someone that's just going to show up as they are, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. If we don't prioritize ourselves, who is? Right. Right. That's the question. If you keep changing your schedule around for other people and catering to their needs, who's looking out for you? And if you're not looking out for yourself, others don't treat you like you deserve that kind of prioritization. That's the problem. You give off that energy like, oh, everybody else is before me.
0: Well, that's the exact problem. And that's the irony is that you're actually trying to be accommodating. You're trying to not to, you know, to make sure that people give you a shot. Yeah. But It devalues you. And I know we all, the word selfish has so much negative connotation. It makes it sound like you're self-centered. The world revolves around you. But I think when we start to reframe the word selfish as I'm putting myself first, and I don't even like to put, I don't like to use the word selfish because I think it's a bad word. And I think you can also put yourself first, but also put people, other people first too. It doesn't need to be an either or. And I think for so long, I felt like it needed to be one or the other.
1: And we learned that in this episode, we talk about the definition and the differences between being selfish, selfless. Putting yourself first, self care, all of that. I've also heard that people who are selfless and who are people pleasers, it's actually a form of manipulation because you're manipulating other people to see you in a certain way. So it's not like, oh my gosh, I'm sacrificing myself. I'm a martyr. Some of us become this way because we're manipulating the situation in terms of perception.
0: It kind of reminds me of the cool girl and nice guy, too. Mm. It's that you feel like you're being accommodated, you're going with right. the flow, but you have an ulterior motive at the end of the day. Yes. You know, sometimes by just stating your needs, which could be seen as selfish, is actually yeah. the best thing you could do for your partner, and it's incredibly loving if you could start to look at it that way. So I'm really glad we go in the ins and outs of that with, you know, again, Rayanne, someone that's in the thicker of it in the dating scene. And then Christina, who, you know, has a super loving partnership. She has a baby. She's learned how to balance her own self, but also be there for her partner and family.
1: Yeah. And you can only be there for other people in your life when you are there for yourself first. (laughs) So not to give too much away, but that's. You know, you kind of know where we're going with this. <laughs> no surprises. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I think this topic is just so relatable for so many people. But I do want to bring up this point that oftentimes we believe the opposite sex has, has this so much easier. I often <laughs> hear women say, well, men can go bald and they can have a beer gut and they can still date young hot chicks. Men will say, well, women have it so easy because they have so many matches to sift through. I get like two matches a week. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, nobody has it easy, okay? like, nobody has it easy. Why me? Why am I the victim here? That mentality only puts you in this negative hole and that negativity really shows through. So the confidence actually comes from being positive and having this mindset of abundance of like, I can have a really great experience. Who cares what other people are doing in their experience because they're not you. You can't compare yourself to other people.
0: I know. This is definitely something that I know firsthand from myself like when I was able to shift out of that mentality into like I'm just living my life and you know I want to meet someone that can be additive to my life yeah. and my whole life doesn't revolve around it that's like when things click into place because energy people pick up on energy and that's so much of it we've seen this all the time like you can be the most attractive person in the room but you have this pick me mentality or I'm gonna just like sacrifice my entire life for this person I barely know that comes across you know
1: that's does
0: it really does
1: and it doesn't that kind of stuff does not matter in a long-term healthy relationship that kind of pageantry the winning mentality it just doesn't feed into a relationship so that reminds me of the fact that you all have heard us we are relaunching our finding your person program and we've gotten even more testimonials in recently and one of them is actually oh God, related yes. to what we're saying here is uh one word breakthrough It was somewhere between the finding my blind spots and defining my relationship goals that I had a major breakthrough in your program. You used the word pageantry, and that's exactly what I was doing in dating, getting votes, getting likes, winning people over. But finding my partner is not about winning. And like you both said, the right person doesn't need to be convinced. I am freed from the pageantry of dating.
0: Oh, my God. That is amazing. You know, I love that we've done this program now a couple times. You know, we got some really great testimonials even after the first one, but there's just keep coming in and it's really nice to see I mean we've said this before but this is what keeps us going when we get these messages you know we got a message recently this is it for finding your person but more general for someone that joined the sounding board like they sent us a personal message that was like I was listening to this other podcast and I had to shut it off after 10 minutes because the advice just wasn't relevant it wasn't engaging and then I heard the DTR convo that you had on a recent brunch talk and I was like yes this is what what I was looking for and it helped me figure out my situation and we're like great like this is what keeps us going the fact that like this is like our content is helping people real time people are taking what they need from it we're obviously speaking to the masses when we do it this way what's nice about finding your person is we can speak to more the individual but in the podcast format we're speaking to the masses but the fact that people can take what works for them leave what doesn't that is such a gift and we're so happy every day to do that
1: so happy and we're not here to shit on other podcasts every podcast has a purpose and a reason for existence but our mission may be a little different than the other podcasts right like i think our mission isn't just about doling out interesting funny dating stories which is part of it but that wasn't our mission our mission was to help all of us it's not just you julie and i as well <laughs> to figure out modern dating in a way where we can date better more respectfully uh respectably respectfully <laughs> <laughs> respectfully and we can also just be more accountable for our own actions we're in this learning growing process together and this mission carries through every episode so we're not here to be like top down like this is how you should be doing it we have all this wisdom we don't we're trying to figure it out with you and that's why this program is so wonderful because we both put ourselves through this program oh my God, it gives yes. you prompts to help you figure it out and we recently had someone a personal friend of mine who's been through the program and he's doing it again again, because now he's met someone who he thinks could be that person. And he's going back through a few modules that are relevant to a situation now. So that's the thing. It's like, it's not just a one time thing. You're in and and you're out. You graduate. You're good. You keep revisiting the material and it does help you work on those muscles.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, you and I, I think this is why we feel so passionate about it. It's because we have been through it ourselves. Like When we started this podcast, we had no idea what we were doing in modern day at all. We were the people that got ghosted. We were the people that went on date after date that never worked out, got hung up on our exes, people that wouldn't give us the time of day, was in situationships. We did it all. <laughs> and that was a driver of this podcast for us because we're like, why is this not working? Yeah. And you know, it took all this, and I think that's the beauty of finding your person, is we've kind of dissected the last seven years of growth that we've experienced into this linear model that could like really help make sense of all the stuff that's going on. And you know, I feel like I fell victim to this for so long that I was like, I need to lose 10 pounds, or I need to like get this in order, and then and I'll be like ready, and it's like that isn't really what's holding you back. Yeah, it's your your mindset with it. Like we said earlier, we see super attractive people all the time that are having challenges of dating, and it's not because of that. It's like the th- the quick fixes of the things we think it is because society tells us that's who's dateable is not actually the reality. And I think that's what we learn, and this program, and what we do on this podcast is how do we get to the stuff that really moves the needle that. Really Really makes a difference because yes. ultimately that's what makes someone dateable and i remember in our new york times write-up that we got the author had said they we're on a mission to prove everyone is dateable and i believe that. Mm. Everyone that is listening, I truly believe is dateable even though we have not met you all, but the fact that you're here, the fact that you're committed yes. to this means that you're dateable. And all we need to do is help everyone make sense of all that's going on for them, get out of their own way, and then that's when the magic happens.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are, our content really filters in the types of people who would find this content useful. Now, the only thing stopping you right now is not signing up for the program. So by the time you're hearing this, <laughs> the program has already already open for enrollment we do have limited spots because there is a one-on-one one-on-two component in this where you get to book some time with julie and i so uh findingyourperson.com is the website you have a few more days to sign up Mm -hmm. get on it before we sell out again spots are limited but this program i swear to you we put our hard work and Uh. our own experiences lots of tears were shed for this program it's our own sacrifice and we are so proud of the work that we've done yes
0: Cool. Well, I feel like that, you know, wraps up all these announcements at dateable podcast on Instagram. That's our other plug. Love at the time of Corona. That's the Facebook group. And you know, stay dateable because you're in this group. Share it with a friend. <laughs> Maybe they're not dateable yet. All you to do is share an episode and then that could put them on their path to dateability. You like that? <laughs> Okay, uh, well, before we get into it with Ray and Christina, let's hear a message from our sponsors.
1: This episode is made possible by Filter Off. So we hear this conundrum from you all quite a bit. You match with someone on an app, you exchange a few messages and get excited to meet them. And then when you do finally meet them, IRL, you're disappointed. It's like they're a completely different person than the one you exchange messages with. We can't have this happen anymore because your time is precious. You need to check out Filter Off. With Filter Off, you can see the person you're matching with and actually get to know them over a quick video date before you waste your time getting ready, hopping into your car or onto the train. No more swipe fatigue, no more catfishing, no more text messages pretending to be dates. Imagine being able to go on a date that's not entirely predicated on someone's ability to send text messages because you'll have already seen them and talk to them for a few minutes and you'll have a better sense of who they are and how you get along. Imagine being able to find someone who loves you for you and not some silly profile of statistics. Download the Filter Off app or go to GetFilterOff.com and use the promo code DATEME to receive five extra daily picks. Start making meaningful connections today at G-E-T-F-I-L-T-E-R-O-F-F.com and use the code DATEME. Filter Off. Date the person, not the profile.
0: Okay let's hear it from Rayad and Christina
1: here's the thing we hear in dating all the time is prioritize yourself but then we also hear well you have to keep other people's needs in mind you have to be empathetic to other people's wants and needs so what is it about you know the self-care and prioritizing yourself that, Won't make it selfish. What is the difference between all of that? That's what we're going to basically discuss today. And we have the perfect guest to discuss all of this with us. They are the ladies from the Confident Collective podcast, Rayanne and Christina. Hello, welcome.
2: Hello. This is where we get to do
1: a rundown of both of you, um, a little bio. So, who is Rayanne? She's 28 years old, lives in Los Angeles, originally from Denver. She's hooking up and having fun, single and actively going on dates. And also dating someone but having to find the relationship. You basically checked all the boxes except for married.
0: <laughs> That's so yeah, modern d- dating right now. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was
1: like, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Doing it all. And then Christine is 34 years old. She lives in LA, originally from Jersey. She's in Jersey right now. And she's married with a baby boy. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you
2: so much. We're so excited.
1: So we're in the middle of of a podcast marathon session right now. Uh, We just finished recording for the Confident Collective podcast, and now we're swapping and, and having both of you on ours, and we're so excited. We love that your podcast is really about empowering women to feel confident in all aspects of their lives. So you talk about more than dating. There's just everything else. And you both have very interesting backgrounds, but I love that the term used for both of you is your curve models. Is that a, is that a term that's recently been thrown
3: around? I feel like for like the past like five, six years, right? Maybe a little I bit more. Like yeah, that. maybe even longer than that. I think, yeah, that's an industry term. Straight size models are like zero to size like, who? Knows? these days it's kind of like crazy. Four. Eight, straight size eight. <laughs> yeah. And then curve models are usually starting at like a US 12. I love it. Let's celebrate all the curves.
0: Yeah. And I love that your podcast is about confidence because we really truly believe like that is the aspect that makes your dating life click. And what U.A. was kind of talking about before, so often do we struggle with feeling like selfish or how can I, you know, put myself first, but also, you know, I want to relate to others, being able to be in a relationship essentially. And we're so happy that we're able to kind of debunk that being confident does not have to mean that you're being selfish in any way.
3: Right. And it's tough. It can be tough, though, sometimes, like, I'll be honest with you, it's a balance because we have this kind of like whole main character energy and protect your energy. And I'm all for that. But I do think there ha- comes like if your end goal is a relationship, like a relationship is all about compromise. Right. So it is kind of like a balance that some like I think you always have to be checking and, and working on. But also like I've been on the side where like I have been in a long term relationship where I gave everything to that person, mm. I would rearrange my whole schedule if he mm. could do something I wanted to be with him. And now I'm on the outside of that. I really- realize how unfair it was, not just for me, but for him too. like to put that on someone. It's just too much. Why do you think you did that? Well, (laughs) I'm going back to therapy to to kind of get to the bottom of this. I think I I might be and I could be wrong, but I think I might be a strange case where like I was talking to my dad about this when I, I was just home to visit my family. I feel like my feelings are so intense. I'm a Leo too. Okay, so like I'm just can be a lot and not in a bad way. I don't think there's a bad thing with being a lot but I just feel so intensely for people and I he was my I mean in this situation he was my first boyfriend we dated for eight years he was my first everything like first guy I had sex with anything and so I think there was just like this weird obsession with him like I was just Mm. gave everything to him and and once you start to do that it starts with small things like maybe canceling plans with your girlfriends if he's available or like it would be weird things like I would be like beg him to go to Target with me like I didn't want to go to Target by myself and then the next thing you know it's your whole life where you're like doing everything for this person you completely lose your individuality and and the values that bring you in your life that make you a whole human without this person so I think it kind of happens slowly over time and I think I was young too we met when we were 18 so oh. I think it was a lot of yeah we dated from 18 to 26 so I think it was a lot of um things that come into it but now I've kind of like jump to the other side of the spectrum where I think I'm a little bit, some may say on that selfish side where I'm like, hold on, am I going to give this person my time? Like, And maybe I'm cutting people off too soon. So that's why I say I'm like, it's a balance that you kind of just have to figure out along the way.
0: So walk us through that. What is current day Raeann look like that you're maybe airing more on this side of prioritizing yourself?
3: I think like little rules sometimes, which I know like you have to kind of make your own dating rules. I would be accepting if a guy was like, hey, do you want to like go out tonight? And this isn't like it depends on maybe, you know, if I've been seeing them for a while, but like I generally don't accept like same day dates just because I noticed that it would throw me off. I'd be like, I kind of like to have a plan for my day and it would just throw me off. And then I was feeling like anxious and and just thrown off. So I don't do that anymore. Also, I'm like trying to... uh, like, how do I, I think I'm like still trying to figure this out. And that's why I'm struggling.
1: Aren't we all? Um, aren't we
3: all? Oh my gosh. But like, I also don't give people second dates all the time. Like there was, I, I think that, and again, it's like a balance. There was a time if you asked me this like a, six months ago, I'd be like, oh, I always go on a second date if I, if I didn't absolutely hate them on the first date. And now I tried that. And now I'm in this phase where I'm like, I'm not going to go on a second date if I'm just not feeling it, like have that gut feeling. So those are a few examples. That I'm currently implementing in my dating life.
1: And Christina, were you friends with Rayanne during this relationship?
2: Yes. No, it's actually like pretty interesting because Rayanne, I don't want to talk about your past relationship oh, in a bad fine. way, but I, and she'll say this too, he just like was never really present. So like, I feel like I almost like thought of Ryan like as a single friend or like not even as a single friend. Like I just thought of her as my, my friend Rayanne, like not my friend Ryan, like with her boyfriend because he was like never around. Right. Wouldn't you mm-hmm.
3: say? Yeah. It was interesting because I said like I wanted him so badly, but I had never been more lonely in my life than I was in that relationship because it was like the more I wanted him, the less he wanted me. We never like Christina are friends when I lived with him. And yeah. she never, I never was met never him. around, never met him while we were together. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, he was so distant. The more I would wanted him, the less he wanted me. Well, that's mm-hmm. the problem, right? Is like a lot yeah. of times, like we
0: think to be in a relationship, we need to be open. We need to give, make our world revolve around other people. And that's when we start to feel like guilty if we don't do that. Right. I guess, Christina, you've, you know, you've been in a relationship for many, many years at this yeah. point. What is your take on like, how do you balance self-care, you know, with compromise that's needed in a relationship too?
2: Well, I have to be honest with you. I'm, I have a tendency of being pretty selfish. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. And I have always been like that.
1: How do you know? Have people told you that?
2: Um, yeah. Like my husband will be like, wait, you realize we do everything you want to do, right?
1: or stuff like that.
2: I wasn't always like this because I remember I was like super insecure and like when I was especially in college and dating and I would like go out of my way to like make dates for guys. I remember this one guy, I like left this, I'm like still embarrassed about it, but I'm going to tell you anyways. I left it. I was like wasted. I left this party, took a train to New York City because like this guy wanted to see me and like it was just like such a disaster. Do you know what I mean? Like I kept doing these things, like putting myself into like bad situations because I was like, oh my gosh, like if I don't go right now when he asked me to hang out, like I'm never going to have like another opportunity, which is like such a terrible mindset. And then I don't even know when the switch happened. It happened like one or two guys before I started dating my now husband. But I started to like really honestly, like just put myself first in every situation and like think of myself as like someone anyone would be like really lucky to have and what that like mindset like kind of really changed like the way I started dating mm-hmm. and I was selfish in the sense where like I would like never plan a date you know what I mean I'd be like I'd be like let someone reach out to me and like I would almost like play those games which now like looking back like were they a little immature I don't know but for me I was just like protecting like my energy and like being like someone who I I just wanted to be sought after mm.
0: that's what Invest I wanted in people that are investing into you essentially exactly
2: and um you know, my husband was really good about that. Like when we first started dating, like he put in all the effort and I loved it so much. And like, it was the way I compromised is like trying new things. And I feel like that is how that's led into our relationship now. But I do feel like very much it's like all like, I can still be like a little bit selfish. And it is a constant reminder to like, for me to have to like, be like, wait, wait, what do you want to do? Do you know what I mean? Like, are you having fun? Like is what's a priority? Like and I feel like it's sometimes hard for me. And I don't know if it's like very much in my Aries energy, like just like where I'm a Ram, right? Like I can't help but take charge in like certain situations. It's always a constant practice for me to let him sometimes be in control and for me to be like a little practice like self-sacrifice a little bit.
1: I want to dig into this because in a marriage, you've been married for five years now. and Yeah. In marriage, we've
2: been together for like 11. Oh,
1: wow. Okay. So then people kind of talk about the C word, compromise. You mm-hmm. always want to compromise in a marriage. So can you help us differentiate in your personal experience? When are you selfish? When are you compromising? And when are you advocating for yourself?
2: Okay. I actually don't feel like I'm necessarily. Then now that I think about when you say those like three different things, I don't really necessarily feel like I'm being selfish. I'm advocating for myself and I am, I'm just, gosh, I'm just taking time for me and like explaining what I want. And I think that is really advocating for myself instead of being like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell my husband, I think I'm selfish. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think the difference is just being super honest and vulnerable and like about what you need in a relationship. A huge thing that I've made mistakes about in the past, and I think that a lot of women do, is that we think that like people can read our minds. Mm-hmm. Most certainly, the people right. we're dating and our marriage to do not know what is going on on our heads. And I can't even tell you how many times I've been super upset about a situation that I never communicated. Yeah. I think that compromise for me has like really been just a lot about communication.
0: I think you hit the nail on the head. It's a lot of it is women, right? Is we think we're being selfish when we're actually just advocating for ourselves. <laughs> and we're taught that, you know, we're supposed to be the nurturing ones and the caregivers and put men before us. And I think we're like finally breaking out of that a lot of times because, you know, quite frankly, I feel like a man wouldn't even describe what you just said, Christina, as selfish. It would just be like, I I'm just taking right. care of myself, right? Right. So like absolutely. maybe Rayan, because you're now like maybe fresher in it, how do you set boundaries when you're dating? Like you talked about on a recent episode of how you're doing more sober dating. Like, do you think that's a form of self-care and self advocacy? Or like are there other ways that you're kind of advocating for yourself right now? We're big fans of sober
3: dating. <laughs> well, let me tell you. It hasn't been going well, (laughs) (laughs) but no, uh, but um, I mean, it is self-care in the long run, but going into the date, it doesn't feel like it because you know, you're much more anxious. But I know that afterwards, you see things so much clearer. And that's why I like always joked about my dating pattern was that like date one, I'm like, he's my husband, I'm in love with him. And a lot of the times it was because I was drunk. And of course, you right. see things with like rose colored glasses. Um, And then date two, things started to get a little bit clearer. And I would be, you know, seeing things differently. And I'm like, I actually don't know (laughs) if I really like him that much as the dates like went on and on. But I think one thing I want to say, I think that like, for me, with advocating for myself, I've kind of had to reframe what a relationship looks like for me because I think in my past relationship, like I shared, I lost so much of myself because I thought a relationship was your whole life was this person. Mm-hmm. And so now as I'm older and and dating and with kind of fresh eyes, like maintaining my independence is one of the main things yes that I want to keep in mind as I am dating. I want to maintain my female friendships. And that's something I think Christina does a really good job with that maybe some people who think of it differently would be like, oh, like, why aren't you hanging out with your husband? Like she does it like she of course, she hangs out with her husband, but she does such a good job of making time for her friends. And like she came down to my you know birthday weekend in San Diego and she just she does a really good job at that. And I think that for me is maintaining though that independence, my female friendships, making sure I'm still following my passions and doing hobbies that I like. And like, of course, if they want to come into that, that's great. But if I have, a tennis lesson. I'm not going to blow it off to hang out with this guy, which is something I would 100% used to do. So I think I really just had to reframe how I thought about relationships and what they looked like in my life because mm-hmm. I saw how it ended when I lost my independence. So that's what it comes down to for me is just maintaining my independence, whether that's with female friendships, with hobbies, with work, and having this person be a great add on to my life, Mm -hmm. but not my entire life.
0: Well, I think sometimes we think it needs to be either or also like I'm either spending all my time with my boyfriend or husband or significant other or my friends and I'm either selfish or I'm giving like I don't believe it needs to be either or so much and just because you're making time for yourself doesn't mean that you're not making time for your partner Christina do you have any examples of how like maybe making time for yourself has helped your relationship overall oh my gosh
2: I mean, I like Ryan said, I really, really value my independence. And I think that for me, like, especially after having a baby, I have a son who's like a year and a half. I don't think I like realized how important it was to like, how important self-care was to my relationship. But I feel like when you start to like set back, when you start to make like time for you, like you end up being able to like treat your partner better because I feel like your head is clear you have more patience, you have more understanding. And that at least is like something that I really, I try to be really, really present. And I feel like when I have time for myself, then the time that I have with my partner can be all about my partner. And I think that's really important because how many times are you like, oh yeah, like I hang out with my partner all the time. And it's like, you're like just sitting next to each other on your phone.
3: Totally. Right.
2: Yes. So that's something I really try to do. I, I take the time I need. I hang out with my friends. I'll like get my manicures. I'll go to the gym. I, I have my own routine. I do my own things. But I think that allowing myself to take those times, which I, sometimes I do feel a little selfish or guilty, especially like being a mom. But then I just remind myself that like taking that time, investing in myself, allows me to invest in my partners even stronger and in my other relationships as well.
1: And you kind of talked about this on a recent episode is you had your kid during COVID. So Mm -hmm. there wasn't much self-care time because you couldn't really get away. And now you're starting to see that self-care time. I think the internal battle a lot of us face is at what point are you sacrificing your responsibilities for your own independence, self-care. And you touched upon this a little bit, Christina, kind of like reminding yourself that the self-care is important, is priority for you to take care of other people. What what other, I guess, mantras or words guide you through talking, talking yourself out of that guilt or shame.
2: Well, listen, it's a little hard for me because I'm Greek and there's nothing (laughs) like the Greek guilt. Okay. Let me just tell you like (laughs) you're Oh, I know. I'm I'm Chinese.
1: It's the same. Okay. (laughs) You
2: know, you know, you know, you know. (sighs) I mean, I just think that for me, like my number one mantra is that honestly is like comparison is a thief of joy. And I really think that is so important when it comes to like relationships, when it comes to friendships, when it comes to work and when it comes to like motherhood too, because it's so easy to be like, compare yourself with everything. Like, Oh, like, that mom is like doing a better job than me. You know what I mean? That mom's at the park every single day or like that mom's able to like balance like work and childcare better. So I think like Comparison is the thief of joy. It's like my number one mantra that I always, always try to remember and like live by. It's like you just you can't look at anyone else's situation and assume that you know all the details. You don't, you know, you don't know any of them.
1: And what about you, Rayanne? What is your internal dialogue? You know, sometimes when you're single, some people can overcorrect to being too independent that they can't allow other people into their lives or a new person. So how do you keep yourself in check with that?
3: Well, it's so funny you say that because I actually the other day was like, I've gotten so used to just doing whatever I want when I want and being on my own. I'm like, I'm kind of scared of when I get a rela- in a relationship again, how I'm going to be able to compromise. To be totally honest with you, I'm like, dang, like it's been so long when I'm in like an actual committed relationship where you do you do have to compromise. When I get into a more serious relationship, I'll have more, I'm sure I'll have more advice to give. But I think what I've kind of been falling into is that like, I'm not going to, give someone, I don't want to, how do I want to say this? In the early stages of dating, I'm not going to just give someone like my vulnerability and so much of myself before they earn it. And I don't expect that of them either. Because I think where I got into some struggles with dating is when I would give up so much, I would miss that tennis lesson. I would switch plans with a friend. I just expected because I was doing that, that they would be doing that. right? And so, right. So like, it it was like, wait, hold on. When I wasn't getting that in return, it felt really shitty. And mm-hmm. so it's just been easier by, I, I don't really compromise in major ways until it's more defined, serious relationship. Because yes, you are going to have to compromise on where you want to go to dinner, or how you're going to spend your time or what you're going to do, you know, but I think like, I'm trying to think of early stages of dating these things. I don't really go too far out of my neighborhood anymore, because I (laughs) will be taking a 45 minute Uber to a date and have him not show up or cancel. I've had someone cancel while I'm in the Uber and have to turn around. And I'm just like, you know what? For me, this is something that I'm not willing to like sacrifice for someone who hasn't earned that from me yet so I think it's just honestly been all it is is just a big learning experience and figuring out what things you're comfortable with and what what you're not and just make those rules for yourself and what you're willing to sacrifice and give up along the way I was at dinner with a guy friend who canceled on his date while she was (laughs) in her Uber was that him? (laughs) (laughs) what was his his name? (laughs) I would see him right now (laughs) no Honestly, I don't even remember this guy's name, but I was literally in the Uber and then I was like, all right, that's it. I'm not leaving. I don't, my dates, I'm like, if it takes more than 10 minutes to get there, they got to pick another place.
2: You know what's something though, when you think about like self-correcting and independence and like, how do you compromise? I think there is like something to be said about like including your partner into Mm -hmm. your life, into the things that you love. And it's like, you know, like, If you love tennis so much, like Ryan's like saying and she's taking her tennis lessons, like how amazing it would be like to share that with someone so you can play tennis together. Like something for me, like when I met my husband, like I like hated working out, hated working out. My husband like loves it. It's something he needs, he does every single day and it's really important to him. So I was like, you know what? Like I'll I'll go to the gym with you. He's like, Why don't you come to the gym with me? And anyways, like I ended up falling in love with fitness too, and like that was like something fun for us to do together. And I just think that like being open-minded and like allowing someone into your life is just so important and really, really beautiful. And like what we all want. So like, I feel like we put these blockers up and like, we think that like, oh, how is someone going to fit into that? But like, you can let them fit into like the things that you're doing. You don't have to change everything for them.
0: I love that. Like we always Mm -hmm. say, instead of planning your life around dates, plan Mm -hmm. dates around your life. I love that, yeah. And I think like Rayanne, what you said, I definitely got to that point and I can relate to that feeling of like, am I getting so independent that I'm ever going to be able to let someone in? I 100% had that feeling. And I'm here to tell you that, like, with the right person comes, you will be able to do it. So, Thank God. <laughs>
3: I was starting to worry. A lot of people
0: struggle with that. But I think like what you said really resonates because a lot of people are sick of the dating bullshit, quite frankly, right? And it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to get into an Uber and go out of my way. But then the part that's hard with this, and I love Christina, how you're like, how can we make this more collaborative? Because then we just become in this me against you mentality, right? Of like Mm -hmm, that. I'm not going to go the extra way because do I trust that you're going to follow through? Like, what are your thoughts of balance? balancing this of putting yourself as the priority, but also maintaining space and letting the right people rise up.
3: That is the hard part, right? Mm -hmm. Because I find myself having this internal dialogue so much and and outward dialogue with my friends who are also dating. It's like, and I wish I had more of a clear answer because it is like that exact example that I gave of the date. If he's thinking the same thing, it's that what you said was a me against you mentality. He's like, oh, well, I'm not going to go out of my way like it is right. breeding a very kind of selfish dating culture where it is just about like how is this going to be convenient for me mm-hmm. and I think too like it's with that mindset of which I do believe in this is like what can this person when you're going into a date what can this person bring to my life mm-hmm. or or am I going to like this person not is this person going to like me which I think is a good mentality but also like we're human beings and we are all craving to be seen in our humanity and, and connect on a human being level that I'm currently still trying to figure out the best way to balance maintaining your independence and having standards in dating, but then also being open minded. But I think just like everything we talk about with dating is going to be a very situation ship type of like a situation by situation, not situationship. <laughs> i like, wait, not, <laughs> what are you getting? They into do not deserve. Every- Be selfish. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I don't even know where I was going now. But if you are getting, you know, g- having great conversation with someone and you're really hitting it off, maybe they are worth that 30 yeah. minute Uber. I think you really just, a lot of it comes down to trusting your gut. And also, uh, for me, what's really helped is like, like I said, I feel like I'm a very emotional person and really feel super deep for people. And I have to remind myself, like, don't cut that off. Because when the right person comes along, who can match that? Like, how amazing will that be? It's just there's no I don't think there's like a black and white answer or a rule you can follow for this stuff. It's just listening to your gut and figuring it out what's best for you like along the way.
0: Let's hold that thought for a few messages.
1: Something that Julie said to me, and she's been saying this on a few episodes that stuck with me is that she said right before she met her now partner, she kind of accepted being alone and was actually saying, I'd be happy if I were alone for yeah. for a long time. And I think that is kind of the key is when you feel so happy being alone, then when you, you're in a relationship, you're able to advocate for yourself because you've developed such a strong relationship with yourself. Now, let's get to this other kind of danger side that we see with a lot of singles is that they pack their calendars. They overdo it. Uh, I'm never going to be available. The person has to really chase me. I'm always traveling. I'm kind of escaping. And I'm guilty of this in dating in my late 20s. Is I used to do this. I packed my calendars. I would never be in town because I didn't want to be the girl that was always available. What would you say to the person who's overdoing it? I would love to hear both of your advice. Well,
2: I feel like Ray and I like are super different on this. Like, for For me, like I love spontaneity, right? Like I met up with a friend today and I was like, I texted her like a half hour before and I was on, on my way. I was like, hey, I'm going to be at this location at this time. Like any chance you're available now? And they were like, yeah. I'll meet you there. And I was like, oh my gosh, amazing. So I feel like if your schedule is like super, super packed, maybe allow room for spontaneity and bring those mm-hmm. other rules where if it's like, oh, I won't accept same day dates. Well, you know what? Like maybe this is like the only time you have. So like maybe now you're a little bit more lenient on that rule and like you accept that and that's okay too.
3: I feel like I get what you're saying, but <laughs> I think that, um, you know, with... <laughs> No, I get what you're saying. And I think that is important. But I think too, like with packing your schedule full and like, let's say anything you want to get good at or accomplish a goal in life, you have to dedicate time to it and you have to practice it And actually, like, give yourself time. Like, if you want to get stronger in the gym, you're not going to get stronger in the gym if you don't carve out time weekly to do that. And that's the same with dating. If your end goal is a relationship and you're in town two days a month Mm -hmm. and want to meet someone in LA, like, I just don't think that's like very practical, right? Unless you're also meeting someone jet setting, like, okay, you do you, girl. That's amazing. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, get it. Yeah. But I think like you have to, and especially with like online dating, like, I had to set, time like I would set a timer for 20 minutes a night and make myself swipe because I'm like okay if I I, you have to be and we talked about this when you were on our podcast like intentional about dating. So like if you're just living this life like where you have a jam-packed schedule and don't even have time to go on a date, like maybe you're not really ready to go be in a relationship. I think you have to ask yourself that.
0: A hundred percent agree. I think intentionality is really big because I have a friend that was talking about this the other day and she's in school, she's working, she's like very busy at the moment but still wants to find someone. And I was like, you know, this actually could be your best filtering mechanism because maybe it's having standards of not, you know, that they're a certain attribute and like what we think of, of having standards, but is this person going to follow through? Is this person going to put in Mm -hmm. effort? And, but I do agree with you. And I told her this too, Rayette. it's like, you need a block sometime. So maybe it's committing to once a week, I'm going to have Wednesdays or whatever off day I have as my date day. And that could be, I'm swiping. It could be, I'm following up on video calls or I'm actually going on dates. But I think having a busy schedule, you can't be too busy that you can't make time for no one. But it also can allow you to let the right people rise to the top that are going to willing to make effort. I think so many times people are afraid of missing out on opportunity. They just want to go on every date possible. But we both believe that it's not a numbers game all the time. I don't know if you both have a thought on that.
3: Wait, you're the first. I feel like you're the first <laughs> people I've talked to that has said it's not a numbers game. Yeah, that's game. the first
2: time I've heard that too. I feel like everyone's like, oh, it's a numbers everyone's game. like, no,
3: dating's a numbers game. Dating is a numbers game. It's 100% not a
0: numbers game. Not a numbers
2: game. game.
3: Wait, so think,
0: what's your theory on it then? Like, I feel like every, t- every person, and this is funny because we kind of talked about this on your podcast too, of like what are the trends we've seen. Intentionality, mm-hmm. that is what it is. And you don't need to be dating hundreds of people. When you're just like throwing shit against the wall and you're going on every last date and doing this numbers game mentality, you're not intentional whatsoever. So it's almost better to have like a quality Over quantity mentality of I'm gonna you know hone in on these people that are one like showing the signs that they actually want the same thing as me and showing up that they're you know someone that follows through on their word or things that are important in a relationship over just going on a date with every last person out there.
1: I truly Mm -hmm. believe this is self care, this (laughs) quality over quantity Mm -hmm. mindset because when you prioritize yourself, you wouldn't get an Uber to meet someone who you didn't vet filter mm-hmm. out, right? Like as soon as you got into the Uber, you've had you should have a pretty strong feeling about this person already. Cause maybe you've done all the work to so develop something with them ahead of time. Mm-hmm. The whole idea around it's a numbers game is the problem with that is that people don't stay present in their dating. They're always thinking about what's next and swiping Mm -hmm. for that next person thinking it's just I just got to get the quantity. Julie loves the story. I have a a girlfriend in New York. She went on when Tinder first came out, she went on like 1500 dates. In the course how? of like six months. I don't what? even know. She she, she was like are, on the are news. Are even that
2: many days? Like it's what? It's like double insane. book. She was,
1: she was packing Dang. them three to five dates a day. Three to five wow. dates. She would take morning yeah. coffee dates, mid-afternoon tea dates. She would just – I mean, that girl had so much coffee in her. I don't even know how <laughs> she slept. But who does she meet in the end? Someone who was traveling. It was just a random occurrence. They were at the same bar at the same time, had one mutual friend, and she fell in love right away. So the fifteen hundred people didn't do much for her, but it just took this one. And it's because she was in a place where she didn't feel like she was missing out on anything, and she felt like she was really happy where she was. See, that's super
2: interesting because Ray, one of your friends, I won't say her name, but she was. (laughs) We were talking about it, and she was like, uh, she went on like an. Insane amount of dates too over the over the year, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I was like, "I was like, wow! Like, how would you have time for that?" And she was telling me her story, and she very much was like, "Yeah, you have to like date a lot of people. It's like a numbers game. You have to like get to know what you like." And I was like so fascinated by it.
3: See, that's what I always thought because Julia, I feel like you described the numbers game a little different. That's how I always thought the numbers game was, was like, maybe you go oh, go out with 100 guys, but you only need to find one. But then I guess some people might think of it as like you're dating five, six, seven, eight guys at once is also a numbers game. Yeah. I always thought when people said that it was like uh, you might go out with that many people, but you just need to find one person. So that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think
0: the people, even when they're going on with multiple people, the goal is still to find one, but they're hedging mm-hmm. their bets with doing that all at once right so right. I think you know it's one of those things ultimately we've seen that and maybe it is setting you up to get dating experience by learning what you like and what you don't like and a lot of times people do that at one stage of their life but what we've seen is that makes you a really great dater not necessarily finding the person you want to end up with usually that is when you're intentional and you're you know maybe mm. a little prioritizing yourself a bit more and being selective of who you let the to actually go on these dates with you.
3: Yeah. As we're talking, I'm thinking about like my mentality around around that. Like I always kind of encourage when people ask me and in my own life, I tend to date like two or three people at a time to keep myself from getting too (laughs) invested in one person. And okay, when we talk about it, I'm like, okay, as I say it, and I've had said it a lot, I'm like, okay, that's actually like a good thing. But now I'm like, it is like a little bit toxic because essentially I'm saying like, I don't want to and and as i'm even saying this i'm like i see both sides of this argument <laughs> mm-hmm. okay because i feel like there have been so many times where i i get too obsessed with someone. Again, I'm a Leo and I'm like, oh my God, like I'm obsessed with them. I'm checking my phone. I'm doing this. So dating multiple people helps me kind of keep my sanity. So at a point I'm like, that is kind of self-care for me and mm-hmm. how my brain works a little bit to keep some sanity. But it then at the same time, if it is the right person, they should be able to like give me what I want and I shouldn't be feeling anxious. So that's a that's a tricky one that I need to think
0: about. And are you keeping your feelings at bay, right? Because you're like, you it as a protection mechanism. I think I agree with right. you. There is an element of self-care. I think in an ideal world, you'd figure out a way to regulate that anxiety without needing a second person as the
3: buffer. Totally. Yes. <laughs> Hence why I'm going back to therapy to discuss my <laughs> <age's>
1: attachment style. <laughs> but I, I have like, to say, I think that's a very individual choice. I'm kind yeah. of with you on that, Ryan. I when I first started dating my boyfriend now four years, I was seeing other people, not because I felt like he wasn't giving me what I wanted, but more like I felt so so right about him that I wanted to see if that was actually the truth by comparing my feelings about him with other people, right? Maybe it wasn't fair for the other people that I was dating, but it became very apparent that I wanted to be in a serious relationship with him. At the time, I was like, am I being selfish about this? But in Mm. hindsight, I needed that. I needed to prioritize Mm. my needs in that situation so that I can give my all to my relationship.
2: Mm. And see, I've only ever dated one person at a time. Like, when I was, like, actually dating people, like, I was only ever dating one. When I wasn't interested, I'd be, like, quick to drop it and end it and, like, move on. But, like, I never felt, like, the need to, like date more than one person.
0: That's how I am too. I,
2: yeah. My mind's already too scattered. Like yeah.
0: <laughs> focusing
2: on like multiple people. No.
0: Yeah. When I was dating all these people at once, it was either self-protection or it was because I wasn't really ready for a relationship. Mm-hmm. I think when you got, to, when I got to a place of like, I could take a relationship or leave it kind of what UA was saying, I was like in the thick of the pandemic. And I'm like, if this is what being alone is, it's not that bad. <laughs> and that's because I had built a like a solid community of people and felt love, not just in a romantic sense and built a life. And I think that is so important. Totally resonate with what you're saying earlier, Rayanne, of just like losing yourself in someone. I've been there too. And I think once Mm -hmm. you do that, you never want to do that again. And sometimes you like overcorrect. But how do we start to like, you know, be okay that it's not selfish. And I love like so much of what we've already been saying that we need to just redefine what selfish means. Mm
3: -hmm. And I think that kind of is an naturally happening as like dating roles are changing and like how women's roles are changing. like Christina talked about, like I think she's a great example of that of just advocating for yourself. So I think it's just gonna continue to hopefully get less that you're being selfish, yeah. right.
0: And when you were advocating for yourself without necessarily knowing you were advocating for yourself, was there ever a time that your partner was like, I want more time with you? Or was he kind of just like, okay, with that, like you taking the time you need?
2: No, I think he's actually pretty amazing at me taking the time I need. But we also like spend a lot of time together. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, it's not like, yeah, like we're, we're together all the time. Um, but I just like when I like, even like today, I was like, uh, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go for a walk. He's like, okay, cool cool. like do you want to like go and I was like no no like I want to go by myself and he's like oh, mm-hmm. okay like have a good walk and I'm like okay right. like I'll. you know what I mean like just like little things like that i think like makes a big difference um but he's honestly like my biggest cheerleader and like super like super super supportive so i just feel like for me like i like i had to be like hey like i actually haven't like had any time to myself like i just want to take a walk for myself instead of just being like sure like let's go right
0: well that's kind of like the other characteristic yeah. we see happen and i think you you have like a really good example of this But of the people that, you know, it's almost not that difficult for them to get into relationships because they're so easygoing. But then what ends up happening is that they hit this self sacrifice mode. And Mm -hmm. basically they're going for Chinese dinners when they hate Chinese food, or (laughs) like they're now accepting proposals just because their partner wants to get married. I guess what advice would you have for people that are edging on that side that might just be doing whatever and not having any backbone?
2: People pleasers.
1: Yeah. yeah. Have you dated places. people like that? Encounter people like that? Been that person?
2: I'm definitely not that person for sure. <laughs>
1: uh, and, and do you know what? Honestly,
2: She's I on. haven't dated people She's like that either. That would not make me happy. Like, I wouldn't want to be with someone who's always saying yes to me. I need someone. Um, I don't even know what I, advice I have because it feels almost like so far. I think, like, when if you find yourself in that situation, I feel like you need to like be able to like really learn who you are because it sounds to me like if you're always like saying yes and agreeing to someone, whatever one else is saying, like you're just adopting like someone else's like life and personality. And I feel like you need to find some independence, um, which obviously is like easier said than done. Um, But I think it would like have to start small because- It's like instead of being like eating Chinese, we'd be like, hey, I think it's time for Thai. Do you know what I mean? And I think it could start as small as like suggesting a different restaurant. Um, But if we get to the point where we're accepting proposals because like we feel bad, that is so (laughs) scary to me. And like really like I I don't know how to come out from that because then it's like, how do you how do you end that? You know, and I'm getting stressed out for these people.
3: Yeah, you're getting fired (laughs) up. (laughs) I
2: am because like I I feel like I'm almost like too far out on the other end.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, that's why, Julie, what you said was so crazy. It's like, you don't think like, oh, going if they love Chinese food, you don't think it's a big deal. But then it's like you fucking snap and you're like, mm-hmm. I don't want like, it's like, you know what I mean? Which is so toxic. It's like, and then this person's like, whoa, dog, like I thought you liked Chinese food. Like, wait, I'm confused, you know? So you're just setting both parties up to go up in flames. Like there's nothing. And that's why I think it's so important. And it kind of comes down to what Christine and I talk about is like your self-confidence is that just be open about who you are and what your core values are from the beginning. Not the Chinese who is core values, but, you know. I think it should be core values. <laughs> we love Chinese. Here's the
1: thing. Because I have firsthand experience with this I dated someone who was exactly like this. And, you know, whenever I would challenge him back, he would say, well, I don't really have a preference. I don't. Like, I don't. I like whatever you like. Because oh. he truly felt that. I like whatever you like. And... I kind of opened his eyes to this sort new way of living and he was like, I'm on board with it. What do you do in that circumstance? Like if you're that person's like, I don't really have any interests or preferences. I'll just adapt to my partners.
3: That's interesting. I've I've personally have never dated anyone like that. But as you were saying that, it kind of reminded me of I was seeing this guy. And I I was like, we had plans on a Friday night and we had been seeing each other for a while. And I'm like, okay, look, like, what should we do? Like, should we go do this, do this, do this? And he's like, oh yeah, like there's so many things. Like I usually just like hang out and watch basketball. And it's like kind of a different, but but similar. Like don't you want someone who has a passion for life? And, and maybe you don't, maybe for someone that guy would be great for and he would just go along with everything. That might be great for someone. But I think again, that's comes coming back on getting crystal clear on what you want someone to bring in t- into your life like do you want someone to be passionate about things and like teach you things and open your mind to things or do you like taking that lead role and like i said maybe that works for someone where they are w- want to take the lead all the time and just have someone be like okay if they're genuinely cool with that which is kind of mind-boggling to me i haven't i haven't been in that situation so i can't <laughs> speak to it like exactly yeah but i i got personally frustrated and was like okay i think this this isn't really for me because i want someone to teach me things, to show me different experiences, to get me out of my comfort zone. I don't want to be the one who always has to be in the driver's seat. Yeah, I feel
2: like it goes both ways. I kind of just in agreement with what Ryan said, like it's all about like what you really want. I think that if someone's like really happy to be adaptable and like just really is like into you and like is into your hobbies, like that's okay too. Like we don't have to like try and knock them down for like being into you and doing what you want to do and like pleasing you. You know what I mean? It just like depends on like whether that's the type of person you're looking for or not. Like what we said, like on our on our podcast, like everyone, like you're not everyone's cup of tea. Do you know what I mean? Like Ryan wouldn't want someone like that. Someone else would like love someone who would like fall so seamlessly into their lives. And I think like there's no right or wrong. It's just like what your own preference is.
0: Right. So you two, you know, obviously embody confidence with your podcast and just everything you've said. What are some of your own practices that have helped you, you know, prioritize self-care and not look at it as being selfish or taking it away from other people.
3: I think it kind of is similar to what Christina said when she was talking about specifically with like her relationship with her husband. When you are a more confident person and you feel good, that's the better energy you're going to be putting out into the world and to the people around you into your relationships. So like if you're taking care of yourself and you feel good, that's going to be contagious mm-hmm. to the people around you. And that's such a positive thing. And I think confidence is, it's such a complex thing. And it's not just about being confident on like your outward appearance. It's, it's about ba- like basically this like energy that you exude into it can be anything. It could be like having the confidence to, you know, speak up for yourself in a work meeting or with your boss or whatever. But I think it just really comes down to like when you feel good, you're going to put good energy out. And that's contagious to other people around you and you'll be a better sister, a better friend, a better mom, a better wife. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
2: absolutely. And I think like for me, like on my confidence journey, the one thing I really had to learn is to not adapt other people's insecurities. Mm. Because I feel like that was really hard for me. I think, particularly, like an area of confidence, I always really struggled in was like my outward appearance and, like, specifically my body confidence. And I think I like grew up in a household and in a community that just valued a body that did not look like mine. And it was always like spoken about, spoken about. And a lot of times, it wasn't necessarily spoken about my body, although sometimes it was. It was people talking about like themselves in a negative Mm -hmm. way. And it's so easy to hear someone else's like negative self talk, whether it's about their body, whether it's about their work, whether it's about their relationship and start feeling that internally. And it's like, wait, like you have to like step back and be like, I don't feel that way about myself. Actually, like I don't mind going to like my nine to five job. Like I like my job or you know what? Like I like the way that my clothes fit. It's hard to do that. And it, you have to like be very, very conscious about who you're surrounding yourself with and what they're saying because you are you are who you surround yourself with. And it's so easy for those words, even if it's not about you, even if it's not directed to you, to all of a sudden affect you.
1: I mean, so true. So true. Because yeah. I think we're so self-referential. So mm-hmm. when other people talk about themselves negatively, we turn it towards ourselves and kind of find find ways to relate to it, even if it exactly. has nothing to do with us. So yeah, that's really good. Really good advice. What about actual self-care practice? Practices that when you feel like you just need to reconnect with yourself, what is something that you do? Your go-to. I know Christina, you talked about walking, taking a walk yeah. by yourself. Anything else?
2: I love walking by myself. Yes, I, I just like, like taking time me to like too. even work out by myself, but just walking by myself. Like I call it like my mental health like walks in the morning. Sometimes like I just walk around my neighborhood, look at the flowers, take like a million photos I'll never look at again. Um, but like that time, like for me, like is just like a sense of like clarity. It honestly starts my day off on the right foot and like maybe even if you don't have time to do it in the day like if i get a chance in the afternoon or in the evening like it's my time to like fully check out to make it all about me and something that i used to do all the time is like i would use that time to talk on the phone with friends or like family and i love that but i actually even made the switch to like not even do that Mm. i'm like no like this is your solo time either you're listening to a playlist either you're listening to a podcast that is how i start my day and it really changes my entire outlook and then also like other forms of self-care like I love going to get my nails done. (laughs) Honestly, like I know that, like sounds like pretty like superficial to a lot of people, but like no, like that is like. That is just me time. And I think like really making a point to like take in intentional me time like really makes a big difference for me.
3: Okay, for me, three major things have really changed for me when it comes to self-care practices. I do every day. Movement, and that can be weightlifting. Um, I was gonna say yoga, which is so false. I hate yoga. I would not do yoga. I don't know why. It just <laughs> it feels like, like an yoga. answer you have to give. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It just felt like an answer. You know, I have gone into Pilates recently, which I'm still trying to figure out if that's a good move for me because holy shit that's intense can be a walk you know like christina said and then also gratitude i know this is like the cheesiest thing i feel like you hear that on every single wellness podcast it is i I don't know like what i would be interested to hear like the science that goes behind like physically writing out things that you're grateful for Mm -hmm. that to me has been really such an important practice because i think we're just like running about our days and like going here and there and getting caught up in this like sometimes if you're in a rut or whatever like just being like holding. On these are all the things I have to be grateful for. Has been huge for me. And then the last thing is who you surround yourself with. Having women in my life, my female friendships are so important to me. Confident women who build themselves up and build me up has been transformative. So those are my top three self care practices that have honestly changed my confidence and changed how I feel about myself. Yeah.
2: Um. Similar to Rayanne, like also like investing in female friendships is such a huge priority and. Like such a form of self care, I know. Like especially like now, like you know, I'm married, I have a baby. Like to be totally honest with you, it took me about like 14 months to like feel like myself again after having a baby. I realize even more so than ever like how important and how much value those female friendships bring to me.
0: I love that. I think it's so good to have the actionable too. And everything Mm -hmm. that you both have said today, I mean, this has been such a great conversation. I have so many takeaways. I think the first and foremost is that we have to stop feeling bad about putting ourselves first. Mm -hmm. Prioritizing yourself doesn't mean that you're not prioritizing others also. So I think there's just this like falsehood that if I'm going to put myself first, it means that I'm selfish. And what we've learned today is that's certainly not the case. And with dating, I think It's important to put yourself first because that's when the people that are at your level that respect you and value you and when you can start to get intentional of being like, I wanna spend my time with the people that actually build me up and don't drain me of energy or don't respect me, that's putting yourself first. And that's also setting yourself up for the right relationship. And I still stand firm that I do not believe it's a numbers game. And I think that's exactly (laughs) why is because just letting everyone have a date with you doesn't send the message that you like value your time essentially. And while I certainly think dating is important, we clearly have a dating podcast, I don't think it should be anyone's entire life because when things don't go your way, you're just set up for constant disappointment because we all know that dating doesn't always go your way. You're able to bounce back so much better if you have a full life and this is just one aspect of it. And the reality is even the best relationship relationships, we can't predict the future. Things could change. Mm-hmm. The only real person we have at the end of the day is ourselves. And that, again, doesn't mean that sure. we can't lean on others and be with other people. But I think the only way that you can ultimately protect yourself isn't by hedging your bets and spreading yourself thin and not really giving yourself to people, but it's by having a full life. So if something was to go sour in a relationship, you can bounce back because you know that you didn't need this person. They were just an Added enhancement and connection and benefit to your life. So I do think ultimately prioritizing yourself is the key to finding love.
3: Agree for sure. I completely agree. Yeah, I think what you said, Julie. One thing I'll add: words of wisdom from my father. After I had like gotten broken up with for the first time from my long-term boyfriend, I was so upset. He's like, "Listen, Ryan, I'm not going to make you happy." Your mom's not going to make you happy. Your ex boyfriend's not going to make you happy. The only person that's going to make you yeah. happy is yourself. Bingo. And the, we can bring you happiness. We can bring happiness, but we cannot make you happy. So I thought that was like so spot on. And that's, I've kept that with me for a long time is that like you yourself have to make you happy and other people can bring yes. you happy moments and happiness, but it's, it comes back to you and your core. I love that. And it doesn't mean so that
0: you're true. not letting people into your life. You still are, but yeah. you ultimately know mm-hmm. that like if someone's not treating you well, like you come first, essentially.
1: Yeah, that is my biggest takeaway is you advocate for yourself. And that's the only person who advocates for you. It's yourself. And that when you are able to speak up for yourself, it bleeds into every other aspect of your life. So you're able to better take care of the people around you. And it's not being selfish. It's about creating a strong foundation for your network. And I truly believe that when you wake up in the morning, the first thing is, what do I need today? What do I need to get through today and be there for the people in my life? And that is about prioritizing yourself and we did an episode about happiness and happiness is innate in us but other people cannot give us happiness however in dating we tend to hand over our happiness to other people we have them Decide whether we're happy or not, and it's time to take that power back and know that you're the only true source of happiness, and nobody can take that away from you.
3: Mm. I love that. Mic drop. Mic
1: drop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fabulous. Any other
0: last words of wisdom before we wrap up.
2: I think, like the only other thing is, it's like just remember everything is supposed to be fun, yes. right? Like, yes, dating sh- and and relationships in general. Are supposed to be fun. They're like they're supposed to bring something extra to your life. If it's not fun, if if you're not having a good time, and like obviously it's like not a good time all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like there, everything ebbs and flows. But I think that a lot of people just forget to have fun, and like Mm. that is just something that's like super important to me to like always lead with.
0: Yeah, I think people view relationships as an achievement, as a milestone, opposed Mm -hmm. to saying, "Is this actually benefiting me?" sometimes. right, And that's the confidence to walk away. I think sometimes we think it's better to have someone than no one, even if they're not treating us Mm -hmm. well. But being confident and taking control of your love life and ultimately being with someone on your level is stepping away from those people so you can find that other person
1: love that. Well, you two are fabulous and you've completely empowered me to take care of myself after we get off <laughs> this recording today. I have five yes. five smoked chicken wings just staring at me being like <laughs> is in this about self care now? <laughs> That's how we justify. That it sounds now. amazing. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really good. Oh um, yes, chicken wings are self care. Smoked chicken wings. <laughs> uh, so I. So let's plug your podcast. Where can people find the Confident
3: Collective? Uh, you can listen to the Confident Collective podcast on wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, wherever. I don't even know the other ones. <laughs> We're on Instagram at Confident collective and then my Instagram is at ran langus. And I'm at Christina
2: Zia. It's with the K. Christina with a K. And then um we're also on TikTok at the confident collective nice. as well. Nice. Awesome. We're gonna
1: be TikTok friends. We have like three <laughs> friends. So yes. hopefully we gain one more. <laughs> Perfect. TikTok is a struggle. It's a struggle. I know. Talk about self care. That's
0: even though it. we have no followers, we're still confident that we belong on TikTok. <laughs> oh
2: you do
1: absolutely, yes.
2: absolutely. And thank you guys so much for having us and you everyone come listen yes. to. Yay. Lovely ladies on our podcast as well.
1: Yay. Thank you. Wonderful. Okay. For all of our listeners, what makes us confident in ourselves is when you leave us five-star ratings in Apple Podcasts (laughs) and also for the Confident Collective as well. That is like (laughs) what gives us the ultimate confidence to give you more content and more episodes and more seasons of great content. Okay. So we're going to wrap this up. Stay Stay
3: (laughs) dateable.
1: Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership.